Welcome to the Psychology of Case Management podcast, the show that helps you use psychological ideas to strengthen your relationship with your catastrophically injured clients and their professional network, so you can achieve more for your clients and feel more fulfilled in your role. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm Dr. Shabnam Berry Khan and I'm hosting today's episode as usual. So if you have heard any of our earlier episodes, you'll know that self-care is a theme that comes up every so often. It's a, a big topic and an important topic, I think, for us in the personal injury world. And it's be- partly because of this theme uh, that I came across today's guest, whose um, services are specifically supporting case managers, um, not necessarily using the sort of in-depth therapeutic ideas that as a practitioner psychologist I would know about in uh, or that I would advocate but it's a much more sort of lighter touch uh, practical look at self-care and uh, thinking about it from the neuro-linguistic programming perspective. Um, So I don't know an awful lot about NLP as it is often called Um, and I thought well let's think about it because we share the self-care theme and particularly uh, that this service is available to us as case managers. So, yeah, it seemed like a sensible uh, topic. So without further ado, let's get cracking. And today we have Sharon Richards-Glover, who is the founder of Levante Coaching Services, to talk to us a little bit more about coaching and specifically NLP. So welcome, Sharon. Thank you ever so much, Shabnam, and thank you for having me. Oh, you are very, very welcome. So tell us, you know, um, if you're a a listener to this podcast in general, you will know that I always start off with a little bit about our guests. Um, So Sharon, tell us a little bit about you and uh, your background and why Levante Coaching Services. Okay, so I have spent the last 30 some odd years um, predominantly sort of in businesses with a customer facing operations role. But throughout that time, as part of the, the sort of roles I undertook, it was um, very much around sort of developing teams, developing individuals, uh, with the sort of prime focus of, of kind of, you know, getting them to perform at their optimum. Something that I've always remained passionate about. But obviously also within that, um, you always sort of need to recognise your own area of self-development and evolution. So a huge part of that for me sort of came when I was hitting the same glass ceiling corporately for many years. And just had a little bit of, um, let's say, you know, issues around my value of myself, my ability and things like that. So uh, looked at kind of moving into undertaking a life coaching diploma, uh, which actually projected me forward and, and started to let me really understand the value of, you know, coaching as, a, as an aspect and a, a, a sort of a career, really. Also sort of going back further into uh, sort of childhood had quite a lot of limiting beliefs around my own ability to retain information, loved kind of like, you know, classes and things like that and the element of learning. However, when it came to kind of like a test or an exam, I was like, (gasps) I just hit freeze mode and go, I can't remember anything, don't know anything, um, can't recall it. Um, And that sort of played out massively in my life. And Mm. it was kind of, you know, rather than sitting and just accepting that, I just wanted to look at a way around it. How can I actually move forward through this and sort of, happened upon NLP um just you know I've done a lot of sort of self-help reading and things like that um the NLP sort of side of things uh, almost felt like it was presented to me in a, a sort of really strange way and just I got curious around it if I'm honest and I kind of liked the way that um 
it's a really sort of honest concept and this sort of honesty starts with yourself I suppose so it really made me sort of kind of like look into thoughts that I was having and beliefs about myself and things like that but also understanding how that information comes into me how I kind of like process it and and things like that really so yeah suffice to say sort of 2019 I started studying at a practitioner level that gave me sort of real real confidence to to sort of push and career-wise I was able to sort of undertake a role as an operations director in the company that I was working with which was sort of the case management side of things and pushed on again to to sort of 2020 uh, where I wanted to sort of go up a level again to the master practitioner level and again just kind of pushed on through and it sort of gave me the opportunities to, to sort of you know, self-develop and self-evolve, really. So, so I think with me, I always want a sort of a taste of of this this kind of um, this stuff, this world. I need kind of what's that evidence to to sort of understand what the, the sort of outcomes could possibly be, um, and then that way I can kind of like move forward with sort of looking and coaching at sort of you know helping other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely evidence based for me. I need to feel it. I need to see. It, I need to understand it, and then sort of roll it out. So that's kind of led me more recently to work full time on my coaching business and, and really sort of it's reignited that, that passion for, for the development of, of others. And yeah, just to, to sort of help them sort of move forward their life massively. So and, and achieve the outcomes that, that they want the same way as I have. Yeah, amazing. So you've kind of lived it and now you want to sort of help other people be able to, to make shifts, I suppose. Yes, definitely. Brilliant. And Levante, and is there a meaning behind uh, the name of your company? I'm just curious. Yeah, so um, obviously naming of the companies is very relevant and a lot of people always say, oh, you know, you should actually say exactly what it means, you know, for your, your mm. business. But it actually means um, rising from the east and it's, it's uplifting, which is obviously mm. the basis that I want this coaching company to. I always work from a, a sort of perspective. Of, I'm a very positive sort of person myself, but, you know, it's, it's energy, it's uplifting, and that's where, you know, people start the journey with me. And, yeah, so Levante was just the appropriate word for me, really, that it's, it's the rising up, almost like the phoenix out of the ashes, I suppose. You know, people sort of come to me yeah. um, in, in possibly a stuck state, and it's, it's moving them beyond that, so it's the uplifting experience. So. Yeah. And it feels like it's done that for you personally as well. So Absolutely, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, as a as a, um, a practitioner therapist myself, I know when I talk to people about sort of therapeutic ideas, particularly around sort of CBT, for example, people sort of uh, will say what they think they understand of CBT. And yeah. I'm just curious if that's the same with NLP, if there's an understanding that is sort of popular culture, if you like, but then there's a sort of more educated um because you're in it and you're learning it yeah and you're you're, you're practicing in it it is you know so what is NLP and and um what would people I guess um who may or may not have heard of it understand by it okay so I mean it was basically an approach that was found in the 1970s by Richard Bandler who was an American consultant in the field of self-help and John Grinder who was uh, an American linguist uh, an author, a trainer and a speaker so they kind of like joined forces um, and they actually believed it possible to identify patterns of thoughts and behaviours of successful people and actually teach it to others so it was done through sort of developed techniques um, and it basically in, in sort of very layman's terms just allows the individual to become totally resourceful again in all areas of their life 
and it's it's sort of it's a concentrating on the how clients mm. do what they do rather than why they do it and it allows us to understand the sort of behavioral patterns that play out um from from their sort of model of of the world i mean i'm not sure sort of whether the, the listeners are aware of, of um sort of the breakdown of, of neurolinguistic programming so the, the neuro side of it is the information that we receive from external sources that come in through our five senses which are visual auditory kinesthetic um, which is obviously what we feel, olfactory, which is uh, smells, and gustatory, which is tastes. And we take in 11 million bits per second through those senses. Our conscious wow. minds can't actually process all of that information, so it's broken down into 126 bits per second uh, so that our conscious mind can kind of like process it. And that's done through a series of distortion, deletion, and generalisation. And it just allows our conscious minds to sort of you know, um, then be able to process that information. So by way of an example, you know, if we're, you're sort of sat there now, um, you don't actually sort of take much notice of the shoes that are on your feet or the clothes that are on your body. You know they're there, but it's, that's through the process of sort of deletion of information that's just not, not so required within that second. Um, and then that plays out through our behavioural response, mm. which is a result of all of that, that sort of filtered information. So that's just kind of like the, the sort of the basics behind the, the sort mm. of NLP just to give a, an understanding to the audience, really. Yeah, so something like filtering out the noise um, yeah. is, is a phrase that comes to yes. my mind. Yes, absolutely. And actually, um, I suppose with my therapy hat on, I might say something like, um, it's actually sort of quite mindful. There's a yes. mindfulness element because that, you know, the, the example that you gave about the shoes, you know, actually mindfulness would allow you, would, would invite you to be sort of present and yes. feel what you're feeling. Absolutely. Um, not necessarily emotional feeling, but physical feeling as well. And Definitely. Um, yeah, no, that's really helpful because I, I, I don't really know an awful lot about NLP. I just know that it's, it, I think how you, when you described it as it's about the how rather than the why, I think that was quite yes. an important distinction to make um, in Very terms of so. dealing with, um, uh, I think you've described it as stuckness. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the part of that stuckness can be people just focusing on the why of why you do things and it almost mm. it, it can kind of become that that reason for being stuck you know it's not to term it as uh, as an excuse but it becomes a validation of well I'm stuck because this is why I do things when you switch it around to look at the how that sort of gives us a, a much sort of different perspective I suppose and an understanding of go well how, how do I do this thing that gives me the, the sort of the information then that I need to you know move forward with the client and, and look at how we can change that that process that strategy yeah that's yeah. not currently working for them yeah indeed and I guess the why could be a really important question for some people but for other people it might be actually I just want it to be different yes for now yes absolutely and um in our pre-recording uh discussion you talked um, about some interesting strategies and I wonder if that'd be helpful to think about a couple of strategies that you might use so we can kind of help the idea of NLP kind of come alive in terms of, yeah. you know, sort of what a session might talk about? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, originally, well, right back at the beginning, we sort of, you know, go through um, personal history and things like that. And then I look at kind of what we call a wheel, for, wheel of life. Mm. And that's all the elements of, of kind of life, whether it be, you know, career, financial, relationship, um, sports and hobbies, health and well-being, all of those sort of things. And, and clients tend to sort of come to me with a, a pretty solid idea of where, you know, the, the area of life that they want to work on and things like that. And we, we sort of go through each of these sort of segments and score it from 0 to 10 of where they are sort of currently. 
and I suppose a bit like an MOT on a car, it's only valid for that day. So it's not, we're not you know, hold, held in that structure or, or that reasoning. It's just, it's valid for that day. So they'll score me where they sort of um, think they are. And then we look at the, you know, what it would take to get them to attend in each area. Um, and more often than not, what we find is there's an area of life that needs to be worked on. Let's say it could be personal development um, when they're thinking they're going to come to me with health and fitness. So, um, mm. yeah, it often uncovers that, that sort of starting point, really. Of what's the area that we're sort of going to focus on to get the most um, results overall in life? Mm. So that's a really interesting sort of um, technique that we, we sort of start with just to, to sort of, you know, get that sort of um, starting point, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, really helpful. I, I guess prioritising as well, well in what, where someone is most motivated for change to Absolutely, happen. absolutely. And that is the area that you will get the biggest area of change overall as well, yeah, mm. definitely. So that would be more a beginning sort of discussion. What would yeah. be a sort of more middly kind of technique that you might use although I appreciate that might be hard because it depends on who you know absolutely who you're talking to that's it absolutely and obviously each each sort of um client I work with is, is totally bespoke and person-centered to that that person and it's not a one-size-fits-all so mm-hmm. um I mean sort of part of the, the sort of process that we go through is we look at the values of the the person again it's the values that they sort of start with and your values are your motivators and your drivers to get you where you want to be. So if your values aren't in, in place, you're not going to get the outcome for, you know, you could think this is what I want to do. This is my outcome. If your values aren't there, it's not aligned. So um, you're only going to get the outcome of the values of, of, that you have at that, that sort of specific time. I also go through a technique where we clear down the uh, negative emotions. So negative emotions are something that will be created through events that have happened throughout your life. Uh, we then move on through and look at sort of conflicts with the conscious and the unconscious mind. Um, as an example of that, it would be where somebody would say, oh, yeah, I, you know, on one hand, I'm really confident with, with kind of, you know, executing that task. But then on the, on the other hand, I just I have real concerns and worries about my ability. So that's actually creating like a, a sort of a conflict between the conscious and the unconscious mind. Um, and part mm. of the works that we do is actually integrating that, that you know, your conscious and your conscious as a whole. And then we kind of move on looking at strategies. So that's kind of like, you know, how you sort of would play out a, you know, a, a behaviour in a certain area. Um, strategies for, um, you know, again, getting results that you want to, to get in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can have a strategy that we've used for years and years and years that's, that's been absolutely fine. But then as we kind of move on through life and we achieve more and we get sort of more challenged, those strategies don't actually serve us anymore so mm. we'll look at an area of your life where you've got a strategy that's really working well for you and then we can apply that strategy to the area of life that you're feeling less easy so so yet yeah, lots and lots of um different sort of you know reframes anchoring and and you know lots of different interventions that can be used really to, to mm. sort of you know help the get the clients to exactly where they want to be and are they usually um, so i'm thinking in terms of therapy that's quite a lot to pack in but a therapy like clinical psychology, for example, would yeah. see some people quite well. It depends, but um, usually we, you know, we have this sort of sense that it'll be a chunk of time, really. Yeah. But I get the impression that NLP is not a long-term approach. Uh, it's 
uh, sort of a, it's, it's a, a fewer number of sessions? Yeah, so I mean, if, if I was to do kind of like a, a personal breakthrough, I'd be looking around about sort of eight sessions. Again, those are all the mm. interventions. Those are those things that I've just talked about are the tools and the resources that, that I have. Yeah. It, you know, and it's any combination of those that, that are sort of used within the client sessions. It's not all of them. a really helpful way to, to distinguish and I'm not going to pretend but um, NLP to me does break, conjure up images in the sort of the more popular culture yeah. part of my my memory and my brain yeah. um, and I, I'm not going to I'm going to say that I'm going to say the name and I'm people are, <laughs> you, you know who I'm going to say you know I'm going to say Tony Robbins you know <laughs> absolutely <it. laughs> because I think Tony Robbins you either love him or hate him let's be honest he's a bit yes. marmite Yes. But there's some and, and I think he he's very clear that he supports his his ideas are NLP based. Yes. I think that's that's fair to say, I think. Yes, it is. Um, and one of the things that that I think for me really defines some of the work he does are those, you know, sort of I, I have this image of a massive arena and people just chanting. And I, I think he, he calls them incantations or they're called technically incantations, yes. which as a psychologist, I would say positive affirmations. And yes. maybe if I was a Buddhist, I might say chanting, uh, which sounds a bit gentler, but you know, it's almost like, you know, this massive communal sharing of mm-hmm. um, something that is, um, I guess, real for, for people in the in, in the audience or true for them as individuals but um is there a communal aspect to NLP then or is that just a Tony Robbins thing I think I mean th- immediately what comes to mind when you sort of speak about that sort of the arena you know he's standing on the stage and yeah. you know getting the whole room going and, and things like that I mean positive affirmations are definitely something that um form a, a massive part of, of kind of my sort of coaching I suppose um mm. because you, you know, your unconscious mind is, is always listening. So it's kind of, you know, if you speak positively about yourself, about the things that you're going to achieve, about your intentions for the day, all of that kind of thing. And it might sound a little bit woo-woo to, to sort of some of the listeners, and I mm. totally understand that. But if you think about the, the aspect that your unconscious mind is always listening, those positive affirmations will have that effect because if you speak positively, then guess what? You know, the, the outcomes mm. are going to be more sort of positive. And I think, yes, there is definitely sort of a, a sense of community, particularly amongst kind of clients that have gone through the process. Uh, you know, I've got like a, a sort of a Facebook group and things like that. And people that have gone through the process, you know, are coming from a very different angle to those that, that haven't. But 
with that sort of said, again, there's a sense of community within kind of like us as coaches. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very sort of supported um, mm. community. So, But also, actually, you can sort of step away and be more isolated with it as well. So it is something that you can actually just go through you know, as a journey with coach and, and clients and for the client to sort of go through that. You don't have to be part of the community to make this work. So, yeah, I think it's it's kind of, again, it's flexible. So you've got sort of an aspect if you want to join the sense of community or if you want to sort of stay on the, the sort of journey of self-discovery yourself. Mm, and I guess ultimately you're not alone. It's a no, very absolutely. powerful idea, isn't it? Yeah, and that's definitely where I'm kind of like, driven from you know Mm. the whole purpose of of going into this sort of you know full time is because as I said I've gone through this this sort of process and I'm very evidence-based I I wanted to go through the process to to to, you know to see it to feel it and all of those kind Mm. of senses um and only from that then I can come from a position of guys you know I'm living proof that this stuff works you know I've not always been the most confident person in the world never in my wildest dreams did I imagine I'd be sat here with you Shabna doing a podcast (laughs) you know on a Friday morning so amazing you know proof of the pudding (laughs) yeah and people that have known me and worked with me will just go oh my goodness what's happened to her but it's just you know clear out all that sort of emotional stuff and the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself and decisions that you've made previously is huge but but yeah people really have to understand that there is no no reason to feel sort of alone and and isolated you know we're, we're out there to, to sort of help you as a as a community as well and, and as an mm. individual yeah yeah no that's that's really um that's really cool and and when you say helping people and in a in and communities and and prove it you know seeing it seeing as believing now you mentioned right at the beginning that you are you know you've worked in case management yes. you know this is not uh you know personal injury is not unusual for you to you know the no. terms about you know you've worked with case managers you've yeah. organized and managed case managers absolutely um, from an administrative um perspective um and it's um no surprise then to hear your sort of that that sort of overview um coming you know being a a sort of part of the understanding that you can offer clients I suppose who come from the more case management personal injury world and indeed I believe you are already known a little bit in the case management personal injury world and you and obviously we're not going to mention any names or or anything like that but um case managers are part of your caseload absolutely yeah yeah never more so Tell us a little bit about them and um, what they, uh, you know, kind of what what is it, what are case managers sort of thinking about at the moment um, in terms of pressures and um, and why why are they coming to you? So I think when you look at the whole sort of the, the role of a case manager, um, you know, there is so many sort of aspects to it. And mm. one thing that I kind of like spotted right from the start of my sort of journey in case management was the the sort of the role just you know require you to to juggle things it's a roller coaster Mm. you know you're constantly pushed out your comfort zone you're challenged you are the you know there's an expectation that you're going to fix everything and you've got all the answers (laughs) to everything very accurately described absolutely (laughs) absolutely um you know but you know even from the sort of new coming into case managers that was my kind of like starting point that you know we, we'd have a chat with onboarding case managers um and always have that conversation saying do you know what you're going to have absolute highs with this role but there are going to be dips there too 
mm-hmm. you will come back out of them but it's learning you know what what lessons can you learn from those dips and see it that it's not just you and, and mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest thing that all these sort of newer case managers would come going oh my goodness I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it <laughs> what have I done I, I used to tell them <laughs> from the beginning you are going to come to me and go I can't do this I said because that is is part of your journey you know you yeah. look at, at the things that you're trying to juggle you know from not necessarily if you've come from a therapeutic background have you gone to a meet and greet with um with the clients you know the the writing of your first ina your case manager update reports mm. suddenly then oh hold on i've got a client now that needs a team i don't know anything about hr oh my god you know what i'm going to need to learn all of this i don't know anything about recruitment mm-hmm. you know then you've got your supervision your development your clinical side your admin your compliance need to go on you know, <laughs> that was the last 12 years of my case management career just wrapped up in a, in a minute there. <laughs> so, you know, you, you look at the pressures, the intensity, the um, the expectation, which then can lead to overwhelm, to burnout, mm. self-doubt, imposter syndrome. Oh, yes. This all often plays out. And, it, and obviously, you only seen it sort of in an area of life that have been your career, but actually it does impact, like we spoke about the wheel of life earlier. It will impact in all areas. It's inevitable. Yes. So, um, so yeah. The, the clients that are sort of coming to me from the case management world are kind of going, we've got the, the sort of the three states, haven't we? We've got the, the fight, flight and freeze. They've tried to fight it. They've tried to fly and run away from it. Guess what? It's still there. It's like freeze. Oh, well, I'm stuck. Yeah. I don't know which way to turn. And that's the, the kind of the, the sort of element that people tend to come to me with. But then a frustration, an added frustration where they're saying, how can I run the lives of eight or ten clients? Yes. Yes. And I can't do this for myself. And that yeah. tends to be the sticking point. Yes. But the fact is, and there's the, the sort of proof of the pudding, you can run eight other people's lives. So mm. you can actually do it, but it's it's unsticking that that sort of that element and that that issue right there. And mm. then going deeper to the root cause of, of what, what is, is creating that problem. So yeah. so yeah, it's it's something I'm so passionate about, honestly. It's yeah, no, I can just feel getting it. people through it the same way that that you know. UK managers get your clients you know where they need to be this is where I sort of step in and stuff that sort of support for you guys everyone needs scaffolding I always say that absolutely um and and there's that the other you know com- common commonly shared um sort of imagery is you've got to put the mask on yourself before you exactly. can start helping other people oh you're running on empty. otherwise you're running on empty and at some point what happens you're going to conk out um, yeah that's it and I think that the concept of self-care is such a, a growing area. I think we, we're really good at talking about it, but less yeah. good at doing it. And I will hold up my hands to that as well. You know, yeah. I can talk about it until the cows come home. But I, And in a way, that's my positive affirmation to myself, because the more I talk about it, the more I give myself permission, the more I give other people permission. Suddenly there's lots of other people doing it. It suddenly makes it OK. And because I'm not alone, Absolutely. Um, I'm not the only one who needs a bit of help. But um, ultimately you know I think there is um, that concept of self-care is I would argue that it's quite difficult in the help you know helping any helping profession and of course the personal injury world whatever the profession is we are helpers that's what we do it's our thing but it's um, yeah and I think this is just another reminder that it's got to start with you you know otherwise you will get to those um, you know those moments of feeling stuck and possibly even burning out, which is obviously not what anyone wants. And this is it. And this is the thing that, that's kind of like become really apparent to me recently is, is that, you know, in the case management sort of um, role, you're always looking outwards at others. And mm. it's, it's so difficult. And that's the, probably the biggest challenge is, is uh, you know, of working with, with um, my clients from the case, case management world is 
actually their acceptance of being able to look inwards because it's mm. so alien to them and it's just yeah. like oh no hold on a minute what we're going to find there so you know but it's it's yeah it's just a, it's having honesty with yourself of what you need yeah. and, and the, the analogy that I always use is kind of you know you wouldn't put five pounds worth of petrol in your car and expect to go from Land's End to John O'Groats you know at some point yeah. there's going to be an issue where something's going to run out something's going to go wrong and and you know it's 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 putting that prep into place and um you know ensuring that you can actually travel that journey and yeah. and get to your destination as well so but yeah definitely the, the inwards kind of like reflection as the, the outwards is natural the inwards is, is is less natural yes and I think in some way some of the structures that exist in case management perhaps don't allow for that so supervision might be more practically focused rather than reflectively you know include any reflective elements you know how did it feel you know yeah, um, yeah. you know a, a psychologist loves talking about you know how the truth of how you feel about working with a particular client or in that yeah. particular way or doing that particular task and the truth is it's okay to say I'm finding it really hard or Absolutely. I'm actually not enjoying my client right now because it's really bringing up things for both of us yes as we go through I don't know recruitment or we're you know this this uh, I don't know grievance something or whatever and yeah. it's bringing up things I'm really not enjoying about them and that's really tough it's not the whole of who they are and it's not the whole of who I am absolutely but, oh gosh we're really clashing and I'm really not enjoying it and that's okay yeah. to say exactly and, and there's also an element of perception is projection so mm. what you're actually seeing in others is actually uh there it is right in front of you you know it's, it's showing yourself the mirror so as much as you can kind of sort of have these thoughts about sort of other people's behaviors actually it's your behavior playing out so again it's that kind of like reflection of what are you seeing in others and what yeah. do you need to do about that for yourself so yeah that's a, a real sort of eye-opener to a lot of clients where they're yeah. going you know they're pointing the finger out but it's actually pointing straight back at them so yeah. so yeah yeah that's another yeah, element yeah. to look at you can't dodge it really because it's all part. No. <laughs> it's like a, almost a 360 degree kind of arrangement, Absolutely. isn't it? But do you know what? Just sort of learning that, that it's, you know, being okay with that and, and taking yeah. the lessons and, you know, there's, there's no failure in any of, any of this, you know, no. you win or you learn. And it's just yeah. been open to those <laughs> concepts as well, really. So yeah. that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. That's really brilliant. <laughs> oh, and I'm, I'm assuming that, um, you know, working with case managers is part of your, uh, you know kind of the the offer that you know you work with case managers entirely or a general population as well no or? no it, it's general but I think my, my, my sort of real passion uh, because I've been in the case management world and I think I, I kind of found my place really in sort of mm. in as much as I see and I tip my hat to case managers and you know the teams that they work with and and the outcomes that they get and that I find it really inspiring and mm-hmm. to suddenly find my place where we're going, what can I do to support this this function? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but the case management is, is something that I am passionate about. Mm-hmm. And also looking after people. So it, it just brings that that sort of whole combination together for me. And yeah, it, it is it's definitely an area of the, the sort of client work that I, I really do enjoy and I think yeah. you know part of NLP again is rapport and I think I've got a natural rapport with with case managers because I understand I do understand yeah. you know I've been sat in that room where somebody's coming with their head in their hands going I can't do this and we, mm. we chat through it and you know even in sort of my previous sort of operations director role that's that's kind of you know part of what I did but but yeah you know I think 
from the experience that I sort of had in the case management world, I'm not sure that that support is it is there for case managers, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure that it's at a level that is truly required. Um, and that's where I want to try and fill that gap. So yeah. that, that's sort of where I see my my future. Yeah, well, no, that's that's great. I mean, therapy is always there and always an option, but it's yeah. not necessarily something that fits everyone. So Absolutely. if NLP is something that um, works and helps, yes. then, you know, bring it on, really, because, yeah, goodness knows it's really nice to have a service specifically exactly. for case managers. Well, I would say it's a, we're a relatively new profession and we're kind of not even very, you know, we're still defining ourselves. So Absolutely. it's really nice as we're going through this transition of, morphing into whatever we're going to morph into and to know that you know that we in the meantime we've got to keep things going absolutely and and if you think about it you know as a case manager when you're working with your clients you always want to give your clients choice and that's Mm. probably the biggie for me as well with these sort of things like you said you've got all your different sort of your therapies that you can undergo with just another element of choice for people so you know it it kind of plays back both ways doesn't it that you know look at what you give out and and make sure you've got those opportunities and and choice for yourself brill thank you so sharon to round up our um, episode today, what three tips would you have for our audience for them to take home following our episode? Okay, so I think firstly, it's actually about being really totally honest with yourself. The, the kind of the uh, method that I sort of adopt is every morning, uh, I'll have a little check in with myself, see how I'm feeling. And that would be sort of emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. And just to, to almost do like a body scan. And I find it really quite a, a nice sort of calming way to start the day. And just kind of like notice what comes up for you. Let your mind wander, you know. I think that is the, the sort of the beauty of it. Because when your mind wanders comes sort of honesty as well. And, and just see what comes up. Notice it and just be aware of it. And, you know, it could be that you're sort of physically aching or there's something that's on your mind. You know, is that something that you can actually change or influence? If it is, take action. If it's not then either park it for another day or know that, that you know, it's something that, um, that isn't actually going to be sort of changeable today for you. Um, and I, as I say, that, that sort of complete checking with yourself is, is very important. And, it, you know, it can only take you five minutes. So if the time pressure's there, no worries about that at all. Mm. The second tip is, is kind of what we spoke about earlier, is the wheel of life. So almost kind of like do like a life audit and again, just be totally honest and true to yourself of where you are right now, because it's a starting point. You know, it's not kind of, you know, everything's got to be 10 out of 10. So, you know, have a look at the areas of life. It's health and fitness, um, finance and career and business, personal development, family, hobbies, um, social sort of activities and things like that. Because, you know, and it's looking at your life as a whole and just seeing where you are right now. And I think that sort of initial scoring that you give yourself, think about where you know, what it would take to get you from that point to, to a score of 10. And mm-hmm. that will give you a great sort of starting point. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, environment is massive. Environment that we sort of find ourselves in, whether it be in the home, whether it be at work, just, you know, do an analysis of that and see what's really working for you right now. Is there anything that's not working for you? You know, we spoke um, previously about, you know, sometimes uh, relationships with, with clients can kind of, sort of you know fall by the wayside a little bit and you're not quite sure what's what's happening there so you know have a look at the environment is it an environment that you sort of you know, you're thriving in and again is it something that you can change if so take action it's all about taking the action 
you know, if you need support from elsewhere or, you know, if it's something that just can't be changed, then there might be a decision that needs to be made there. But, you know, ultimately it's about getting the outcomes both for, you know, uh, yourself and your client. But, you know, as, as a whole, this, this sort of coaching um, episode is, is more about sort of you getting your outcomes. So, so again, mm-hmm. you know, let's look inwards. Let's see sort of where we're starting and, and sort of work forward from there, really. It's all about, you know, even if it's the tiniest of steps, it's forward progression, you know, and that, that will keep you moving and sort of not in a, a sort of a held or a stuck state, really. Mm. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. And I suppose it's um, it's interesting because you said it's the outcomes for you. Yes. It's about, you know, doing that little mini INA on himself. You could say. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, being just putting yourself in the frame um, just for a moment. Yeah. You know, it'll set you up well today. And if you're doing it every day as a little touching, you know, um, touching base with yourself, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, like you say, it it can be scary to think oh god I've got all these areas that I need to work on yeah um but you know what the what you're saying I think um particularly with this sort of light touch approach is you know just focus on one area absolutely break it down into bite-sized pieces yeah, yeah. and just see you know and and um it, it it's a being honest and authentic and true to to where you are is is absolutely in some many ways that's a bit of a breakthrough moment I would argue yeah. you know because it's not, not always easy no absolutely real Sharon if people need to get hold of you how can we do that where do you hang out online what are your contact details tell us okay so you will find me on LinkedIn and I'm there I've literally well on there as, as Levante Coaching Services so you will find me sort of on there most days having a little mooch around and putting some content on there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I've got a Facebook group, Levante Coaching Services, and I'm on Twitter uh, as at Glove Richards. Also, I've got uh, direct emails. If anybody's got any questions or queries, or even just curious, you know, about you know, to find out more, you can contact me directly at Sharon at LevanteCoaching.co.uk or Mobile business number is 07875 105025. Amazing. Radio voice. Yeah, that's brilliant. Perfect. Excellent. We'll put those details in our show notes. And um, yeah, thank you so much for um, sharing your, uh, I guess, your your how-tos. Yes. In terms of supporting the case, the case management world, it's um, it's important to know that we are supported and that um, that there are a range of different options out there for us. And and this is certainly one of the things that might fit a lot of people. So um, thank you so much, and we'll look out for you. Thanks ever so much. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Before you go. If you enjoyed the episode today, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate it on whatever platform you're listening on and share and like on your social media profiles. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow and to be a continuous resource for all. And if there's any topic you wish for us to cover, please drop us a line on our website. Thank you so much for all your support. 